Welcome to Transform with Dr. Maggie Yu, the show about how to become a pilot and not a passenger in your health and in your life. Can some of those cells incorporate into your cells, making your own cells look worse so that your body attacks it more? Yes. That's the kind of mechanism that I'm talking about in autoimmunity. Think about this. Hey, everybody, welcome. And I'm Maggie MD. I'm a functional and holistic medicine physician and the creator of the Transform Protocol to transform autoimmune disease naturally. If you haven't joined our Facebook group, make sure you join our Facebook group, Transform Autoimmune Disease Naturally. Just to give you a little bit of background about me is that I am a functional medicine physician, which means that I am an MD who practiced family medicine for about 12 years before I got really sick. Uh, with multiple mystery illnesses and symptoms before being finally diagnosed with multiple autoimmune diseases. And now, after all that I've learned that I didn't learn in medical school or in my medical training, after all the years, um, I mean, the last, I would say, 12 years, I've learned a ton about the role of natural medicine, alternative medicine that's data-driven, and I've combined it with all my MD smarts to basically deliver a, all these trainings and a Facebook group and help clients turn around any autoimmune disease around naturally. So we do have an online program that's called Transform Autoimmune Disease Naturally. But today we are talking about super infections. And well, why do I call them super infections? First of all, just so you guys know, I have to, to speak a little bit about my own history. I have, um, I have a history of mixed connective tissue disorder, Hashimoto's, fibromyalgia, um, and I also have thoracic outlet syndrome. Um, so, I mean, you've named it. I have had it. I had early menopause at the age of 36 that people just, my doctor told me I was just getting older and I'm like, I'm 36, not 86. And guess what it was? My autoimmune disease. So our program focuses huge on hormones, obviously, and any autoimmune disorder. And I had to figure out how to solve this for myself to fight for my own life. Right? So there are a lot of different parts of our program. I can call it the five pillars protocol. And when you look at the five pillars, um, those are the root causes of what's feeding any autoimmune diseases. And I want to address one of the issues, which is infection. Like people talk about infection. And a lot of times I find that to be a very confusing topic for doctors and for patients. And in the Facebook group, I can tell you right now, there's a lot of fake experts too. Um, there's a lot of people that, and there's a lot of people who've written books that I, you know, look at and I'm, and, and I have looked at also the data and as an autoimmune experts, I have a lot of problems with. And so I got a beef with how some of these infections are being discussed or misunderstood by some of the lay public and even some of the medical professionals. Okay. So let's talk about it. So when I say what are super infections, I'm talking about people think oh, Epstein-Barr virus, CMV virus, Lyme, um, the big C, and even I would even include strep in there. And so I'm kind of going to go break it down a little bit in general. Okay, in general, do these infections um, are they the cause, be all end all of all autoimmune disease? No, they're not. Okay, and there are there is somebody who wrote a book who said every single autoimmune disease is because of Epstein-Barr virus. They're wrong. It's not true. Okay. However, that being said, there are pieces of this is true because when I look at these infections, these are super infections, meaning that they trigger a huge immune response in regular people, but in the autoimmune person, sometimes even bigger. 
And so when you think about it, um, if we have autoimmune disease, it means that we, our immune system is mistaking our own body as a germ, right? And it's actually trying to kill us when it should be actively trying to kill germs, right? So in general, people with autoimmune disease don't fight infections well. However, that being said, when something is a super infection, it is very triggering. It is very triggering for normal people, but even worse for autoimmunity with a super immune response. So example, when you're talking about EV-VAR, which is Epstein-Barr virus, another common name for it is mono. Why is it that five people can have mono and three people will have something for a month and two people will have something for six months and somebody will have no symptoms? It's the difference in individual immune response. And what I have found is, is that certain type of infections looks very irritating to your immune system. They're like super irritating and they're, I would say super allergenic. Example being like certain infections, can some of those cells incorporate into your cells, making your own cells look worse so that your body attacks it more? Yes. That's the kind of mechanism that I'm talking about in autoimmunity. Think about this, okay? Let's say you have autoimmune disease, Hashimoto's. Uh, Angela has mixed connective tissue disorder. Uh, Virginia says she has Hashimoto's, which is her thyroid right here. I'm seeing in chat right here. Thanks, everybody, for talking about this. So let's say you have any autoimmune disorder, right? I have Hashimoto's. I have mixed connective tissue disorder. But let's say I happen to get mono. If I happen to get mono, mono, maybe my partner gets mono, but he might be sick for a month. Uh, or a month, but maybe two or three months later, I still have symptoms. Why? Because my immune system isn't set up to fight infection as well because it's busy hurting my own body. And then on top of it, Epstein-Barr virus when it, or mono, when it infects people, tends to stay in your system for a much longer period of time. Therefore, if it infects some of your cells, it can make your own cells look foreign enough to trigger a worse autoimmune attack. Is this making sense? Because I want to make this super clear and simple for everyone to understand. So certain types of infections incorporate into your body and cells in a way that can make your own cells look even more foreign, triggering a harsher autoimmune attack. Okay. This is why sometimes somebody will get um, mono uh, and be sick with it for a long time. Or the other thing is, they may have never had autoimmune disease before, but they'll get Epstein-Barr virus or mono and then suddenly start autoimmune disease because they always had the genetics. But because the Epstein-Barr virus is infecting their cells, now all of a sudden your body says, oh, those cells look even more foreign. I'm going to try to kill them. And it can trigger the onset of autoimmune disease. We know this is one of the mechanisms. And if you look at Lyme, okay, Lyme is a um, bacterial infection that's triggered by a tick bite. But we know certain types of bacteria infections can incorporate into our cells. The way they infect is they incorporate and they attack our cells. And the way they incorporate in the body can make tons of parts of your body look foreign. So Lyme is a tr super trigger for autoimmune disease. And we know that because people post Lyme can have tons of nuance of autoimmune diseases, tons of mystery symptoms all over their body. We know it attacks many places in the body and it can be a trigger of autoimmune attack. So again, strep is another thing. So if someone like example is there are certain kids with strep infection of the throat. Okay. Um, and post strep, they could develop 
autoimmune diseases like Kawasaki's disease, which is a um, autoimmune attack against arteries. You could have autoimmune related pandas, which is autoimmune attack of different body parts, including brain or neurological symptoms. So we know those are triggered by strep in, strep in kids. And now interestingly, the big C, same thing. His, this is what we're seeing is that, uh, and I'm using the big C because I can't say that word, okay? Or, or this video will be censored. So um, when we're talking about the big C, what you're seeing here is that people who have autoimmune disease after that will get a lot worse or people who have no autoimmune disease get it and then they will have new onset of autoimmune diseases. It, it, and interestingly, remember, I just talked about kids with strep is getting Kawasaki's, which is an autoimmune disease of the arteries. Well, guess what? The big C or sometimes even certain vaccines can trigger some of this, we've started to see in kids some cardiac issues, uh, even Kawasaki-like syndrome. So what we know is that the way that some of these viral infections attack your body can make your cells look really foreign, and it can trigger the onset of an autoimmune condition like Kawasaki's or pandas in children. So I want everybody to understand is that there are, one of the root causes for autoimmunity is an infection, okay? That is possible. Okay. The problem is that I think, well, what am I supposed to do about this? That's the problem is that the concept is correct. Okay. But the focus on it and how we treat it as a medical community is all over the map and is freaking insane. So I can tell you right now is, you know, I'm a functional medicine doctor. I'm, a, I'm a family med medicine doc who got sick, who became a functional medicine doctor, and I specialize in autoimmunity. So I see ton of you. And I've seen a ton of you with these infections or claim to have these infections or providers who claim you have these infections. And I have also worked with hundreds of providers here in the Portland area. Um, and we've shared plenty of clients. Um, and many of them specialize in dealing with these infections, um, infections as well. And here's what I learned. I feel like it's a huge injustice to clients because I wouldn't send most of you to those people because my experience is that couple things. When you look at Epstein-Barr, when you look at Lyme, like example, um, testing, um, conventional testing and non-insurance paid more accurate testing is really, there's a lot of different ways to test for these infections. And the problem is, is that there are positives, false positives, and false negatives in every testing method. And so you have a lot of practitioners out there that will test um, everybody that they'll, they'll say, I'm a Lyme specialist, I say, and everybody comes in and they get the Lyme tests that they like, right? And if you look at the literature, there's still controversy around what's the best test for Lyme um, example. And then what happens is, in my experience, every person that goes to this, I'm just going to name practitioner X, Practitioner X, someone I know who's a Lyme expert in this area, everybody that goes to his or her clinic comes out positive for Lyme, 100%. How is that possible? It's not. And another one would be somebody who wrote a book that says every single autoimmune disease is caused by Epstein-Barr virus. Well, that isn't true, okay? <laughs> it is not true. But um, the when you try to test for Epstein-Barr virus, there's multiple ways to test for Epstein-Barr viruses. So here's the other thing. You go to your doctor and say, I want to be tested for Epstein-Barr virus. Well, listen to this. If you have autoimmune disease, 
our tests, if you ever had mono before, will stay positive almost for the rest of your life because we have a hyper-triggered immune system. So we can have a false positive to Epstein-Barr for a very long time, sometimes even decades, when you don't have any more active disease. So does everybody have Epstein-Barr? Well, everybody had Epstein-Barr, everybody had mono at some point, but that doesn't mean they have current active disease. If you don't understand that the autoimmune population are prone to have these tests stay positive for a really long time, and you're not an expert enough to date on what the latest testing methods are, plenty of false calls are being made and people are being lulled into thinking, I'm going to spend thousands of dollars and years chasing this line, chasing this Epstein bar because it is a cause of all my autoimmune issues. And it's not okay. It is one of the triggers, but it's not, it is statistically absolutely impossible that 100% of people going to practitioner X comes out with positive line because that's not true. Okay. So problem there is problems with testing methods, poorly understood. Also, a lot of experts, every time you go to their office, the method they test or don't test and they could just feel your woo-woo, however it is. Um, sometimes you go to a Lyme clinic, everybody comes out with Lyme. It's the same. I mean, I, I have a beef with this too. A lot of times, sometimes someone is a heavy metals expert. Everyone coming out of their clinic has heavy metals toxicity. And that's not, it can't be possible for me. As a scientist, it's really important that one, we have accurate testing, and two, if it's accurate, it will tell you who actually has it and who doesn't have it. And some diseases we have that for and some we don't. And so I'm going to tell you right now is that I actually tell people that it's really important if you think you currently have mono, if you think you currently have a new case of Lyme, do seek help. Do seek help and get accurate testing to see because the best time to test for an illness is right when you have it. Unfortunately, a year, two years down the road, and even 10 years down the road, if you retest it and you have autoimmune disease, there's a higher tendency for you to have a false positive. So you might be mistold that you have an active case right now when you may not. So there's so much intricacies in it that it is very confusing. And I don't blame you if you're confused because I have to keep up with it all the time. And what I notice is in our Facebook group is this, be very careful. And I'm saying, especially in other Facebook groups, in our Facebook groups, at least we monitor. Um, we have a whole team working in the Facebook group. I, you know, we have a whole team of three people right now working in the Facebook group to make sure we don't have false information in there. But do you know, every time we have a line post, we have literally 20, 30 fake experts come up saying they they know the be all end all, and of course, everything that you have is because of line. Well, if all we have to do is treat Lyme to deal with every single person's autoimmune issues on the planet, that would make life really easy. But it's not true. So I, I want to be very careful with this, which is that if you have a new onset of symptoms and you're suspicious you have Lyme or Epstein bar, by all means, go in and get testing because testing for acute disease right when you have the symptom, very good. Very good. Um, that would be the best thing to do. Now, if you've struggled with Epstein-Barr virus in the past or Lyme in the past, here's what I'm going to tell you is this, is that many people come to our program after decades or years of treating them and their autoimmunity still isn't better. That's why they end up seeing me. Okay. So if that was such the holy grail, if that's the be all end all and it's the only thing, nobody would need me after treatment for Lyme or Epstein-Barr. But this is the kind of calls we get every single day when we talk to you is you have Lyme, you have Epstein-Barr, and you think or your previous practitioner thinks that's the most important thing. 
I'm going to tell you it's just one of the things and it's highly misunderstood. Is this making sense? And let me take a quick look and see if there's any um, questions here so far. Um, someone just said, I had mono when I was 14. Yeah. And I bet you that person that has said, I'm just going to show that comment. This person said, um, I did have mono when I was 14. And I'm going to tell you that one of the things really interesting is that everybody with autoimmune disease who's ever had mono, if you retest yourself right now, you're going to come up with a ton of positives on the mono panels. Okay. And I'm speaking from that from experience. Okay. Um, Claire says, I had strep chronically as a kid, twice or more yearly, lots of antibiotics, diagnosed with the lupus as an adult. So this is an interesting link. And Claire is really, this is a great point, which is that our kids are having chronic strep infections. Um, they are at higher risk. If there's already a genetic predisposition in the family for autoimmune disease, and then you throw recurrent strep infection on this kid, then the strep incorporates into the body, making it look more foreign. It could literally be the switch that turns on autoimmune disease. So that's a, Claire, that's a perfect example of this. Now, I have another question here. Can Epstein-Barr virus reactivate and trigger new autoimmune symptoms? So hot topic, right? So yes, you can get reactivation, but that's not usually the case. Can you get a new infection after having had a previous infection? It's more likely the picture. So that's another subtlety and it's a great question. So what I have seen is, is that, let's say I had mono 20 years ago. I did have mono 20 years ago and my current test is positive. I don't have active mono, okay? But let's say I suddenly get mono again, okay? And I currently have symptoms of mono and I do the test or multiple different types of testing and it shows that I have mono again, not just old chronic mono, but a new mono. Can I have new autoimmune symptoms get triggered as a result of this new reinfection with Epstein-Barr virus? The answer is yes, yes, and hell yes. Because like I said, Epstein-Barr virus is a super infection. So the question then becomes, people will be asking would be, well, do I need to go find an expert on Epstein-Barr virus, Lyme or strep and go that route? And I would say, if you currently have an active infection, that's a good route. If you have had a history of, the, of that infection, that would be a bad route. Um, and one, and from personal experience and from seeing tons of people go through this, when you have had a history of that and you go into an expert, you could be diagnosed or misdiagnosed with a continuous current infection when in fact you may not. And then the problem is also is that you will also have to go through thousands of dollars, months, maybe years of expensive treatment, IV supplementation, office visits to deal with something. And yet people don't get better. And some people do, most people don't. I hope that was super helpful. Also, if you're in the Facebook group, if you're not in the Facebook group, click the link and join the Facebook group. All right, everybody, have a wonderful day.